Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Gateway. I want to say hello to anybody who's joining us for the first time, whether you're here in the valley or you're watching somewhere around the country or even around the world. We are delighted to have you joining with us today. If you've got a Bible, I want you to grab it and I want you to open up to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings 19. I also want you to grab a piece of paper and something to write with. Or if you, wanna, if you like to take notes on your phone, uh, I really want you to take notes in this message and you're going to see why. We're not just going to have one-liners. I've got some questions and I want to give you a little bit of a heads up. Uh, we're stepping into a three-part message. We're continuing our series entitled 40 Days, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot a little bit in the way I dispense content through the sermons. Usually, I cram as much content as I can into about a 40-minute sermon, but one of the challenges I feel like the Lord's really issuing me right now it is not about dispensing more content to you. It's far more on the end of how you're applying or implementing the content, what God is saying. So if I have to choose between giving you more content and you retaining very little of it or giving, uh, covering less ground, let's say, and you implementing all of it, well, I choose the latter, okay? Just so you know. And, and here's what you need to remember. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus makes it clear. We're not blessed when we simply hear the word, it's the doers of the word. What does that mean? Put it into practice. And I think for far too long, we're, we're trained to come to church, hear a sermon, get emotionally excited about it, but we do nothing with it. And I think we all kind of forget at, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to be held accountable for what we hear. We're not just to be hearers of God's word. We must be doers. And so you're going to see a little bit of a, a different layout in the message. It'll feel like I'm possibly covering less ground. I'm covering the same amount of ground. We're just moving a little bit slower, making sure that it gets put into every one of our hearts and we walk it out as followers of Jesus Christ. All right? So the title of this three-part sermon is Get That Whisper Back. Get That Whisper Back. And this is part one. Before we open up 1 Kings chapter 19, I want to remind you what happens in 1 Kings 18. It's the story of Elijah in one of the most incredible showdowns between the prophets of Baal. And Elijah calls down fire. If you want some homework this week, read 1 Kings 18. It'll give you a beautiful understanding of 1 Kings 18. We see supernaturally miraculous things that God does through Elijah. But then in 1 Kings 19, we see him hit the wall and crash. And it's a great reminder for all of us as human beings that this happens to all of us. It can happen to every one of us. So 1 Kings 18, fire comes down. Elijah prays for rain and it comes. And let's pick up in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 1. Let's read it together. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me 
if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, Elijah said. Take my life. Whoa. The the incredible man of God who called fire down from heaven, prayed for rain and it came, ended the drought, is saying to God, I've had enough. Take my life. Kill me now. For I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Okay. How in the world did the prophet Elijah go from this incredible high on Mount Carmel to this unbelievable low beneath the solitary broom tree? I'll tell you what I think the reason really is. Exhaustion. And here's the first point of this three-part message. Don't underestimate exhaustion. What we're talking about in this three-part sermon, get that whisper back, is really about hearing the voice of God. It's the most important thing any person can do is hear God speak and walk it out. But one of the biggest things I've learned that gets in the way of hearing the voice of God is not how long you've been walking with Jesus. It's not how wise you are theologically. One of the biggest things that gets in the way of any of us, including me, from hearing the voice of God is exhaustion. Don't underestimate exhaustion. Now, let's talk practically. What are the signs of exhaustion? And if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. I want to give you the five signs of exhaustion that we see in 1 Kings 19 that that are evident in the life of Elijah. Here's the first sign of exhaustion, an increase of fear. When you're exhausted, you become more afraid. Why do you become more afraid? Why do I become more afraid? because I'm too tired to fight what's coming at me. And so I'm more afraid of my enemy because I have less energy to fight him. All right? So we have, when we're exhausted, an increase of fear. Second sign of exhaustion, a lack of clarity. A lack of clarity. We simply don't see the board of life clearly anymore. We have no clarity. And the more exhausted I am, the less clear I am about everything that's going on around me. We don't see clearly. Here's the third sign of exhaustion, impaired judgment. Impaired judgment. This is big with me. I've noticed this. When I get exhausted, I, the choices I make are not as good as when I'm not exhausted. When you're exhausted, chances are you are going to make worse decisions. Studies have shown it's not good to make important life decisions after about 4 p.m. Why? Because you're more tired. You're less sharp then than you were in the morning. Okay? We make bad decisions. Impaired judgment is a sign of exhaustion. Here's the fourth, fourth sign of exhaustion, a loss of motivation. We're simply a lot less motivated to do the things we know we need to do when we're exhausted. And here's the fifth sign of exhaustion, a desire to quit. 
a desire to quit. We see that's what Elijah is saying to God. I, I give up. I've had enough, Lord. Okay, the more exhausted we are, the more inclined we are to quit. It's one of the reasons why I believe the enemy tries to pump the gas of the vehicle of exhaustion in every believer's life. Because dangerous things come as a result of exhaustion. Now, we're going to do something. We're going to do a little bit of an assessment, a personal assessment. All right? I'm going to give you about 60 seconds. So I don't want you tuning out. I don't want you just listening. All right? We're actually going to do some doing right now. We're going to assess ourselves. So here's what I want you to do. On the screen, you're going to see, I want you to score the five signs of exhaustion in your life on a scale of one to ten. One being, ah, low, I'm doing great. Ten being, I I feel overwhelmed in this area with this sign. It's out of control. So fear, one. I'm not really afraid at all right now. Ten, I am scared out of my mind about something, okay? I want you to take the next 60 seconds, and on a scale of one to 10, I want you to assess or score each sign of exhaustion in your personal life, all right? Let's do it together. All right, I want you to wrap up. Most of you are probably already done by now. And while everybody else is wrapping up, I want you to tabulate your score. So add all five of the numbers up, okay? And off to the side, I just want you to write your score on this assessment and just put a circle around it, all right? Now, here's what I want you to see. You're gonna see the scorecard of exhaustion in your life, okay? So take a look at it. If you were zero to 20, that, that's what, I, what we would consider normal, all right? We all kind of live in that most of the time. A score of 20 to 30, you're tired. A score of 30 to 45, you, my friend, are officially exhausted. And a score of 45 to 50, you're burned out and you need to seek help. It doesn't make you bad or weak. It just means because of what's going on, This is where you are, okay? Now remember, personal assessment, self-assessment is important. The first question God asks man is where are you? This is a question we're gonna ask more often. We're gonna start assessing ourselves. I scored a 21, so I'm right on the edge of tired. Maybe you're at a 36. It's important to know where you are. And here's one of the reasons why. You may be the type of person who beats yourself up. And, and you didn't even realize you're, the reason you're feeling what you're feeling is you're exhausted. It's not an excuse. It makes you more aware to do something, all right? We don't assess ourselves to know something. We assess ourselves to know what to do about it. Jesus asked plenty of questions, 
And his questions weren't designed to get answers. His questions were designed for us to experience discovery, for us to discover something, all right? So you'll see why this score is important. Now, here's how dangerous exhaustion really is. I hear a lot of talk by a lot of people about how dangerous addiction is. You know, addiction is really bad. It's dangerous. People make horrible mistakes when they battle addiction. But I want you to understand just how serious exhaustion is. Exhaustion and addiction create the same size mistakes. Exhaustion and addiction create the same size mistakes. Want me to prove it? Just ask Esau. Remember the story of Esau trading his birthright as the firstborn for a bowl of stew. I don't care how good that stew is. He traded it for stew. And I want to show you why. Listen to Genesis chapter 25, verse 29. One day, this is right before Esau traded his birthright. One day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau traded his birthright, not because of the stew. I believe he traded his birthright in part because he was exhausted. And we've already seen when we're exhausted, our judgment is impaired. We don't make good decisions when we're exhausted. Nobody does. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down so that we all understand what's behind exhaustion. Exhaustion is a simple equation. Here's the equation I feel like the Lord gave me. Intensity plus exertion equals exhaustion. Intensity plus exertion equals exhaustion. Now, if you call this your church home, you know something we're very serious about are the six pillars of life. We believe that all of life can, can kind of be divided with, by six with six pillars. So we have the spiritual, the emotional, the physical, the relational, the financial, and the professional, the six major areas of life. And in this equation, and I'm going to walk this out with you, if you take a pillar and plug it in the blank, so physical intensity plus emotional exertion equals a type of exhaustion. So let's walk this out together, and I'll show you just how simple it is to understand this equation of exhaustion. Financial intensity. Financial intensity plus professional exertion equals an exhausted business owner. Think about that. In this COVID crisis, this is what an exhausted business owner looks like. Financially intense times. Professionally exerting themselves more than ever before. Maybe they were the stay-at-home CEO before, but now they're the on the front line every day, twice as long as everybody else CEO. That's an exhausted business owner. How about this? Emotional intensity plus relational exertion equals an exhausted parent. How about that? I know some parents who are quarantining right now who've been homeschooling and take care of the kids all day, every day, and it's a little bit different than normal. You're exhausted. Why? Because you're emotionally in an intense season of life and relationally exerting yourself beyond anything you've ever had to before. Equals an exhausted parent. How about this? Spiritual intensity plus professional exertion. 
What does that equal? An exhausted pastor. Spiritually intense times in this crisis, professionally exerting themselves more than ever before, an exhausted pastor. How about this one? Relational intensity plus emotional exertion equals what? An exhausted spouse. Are are you getting the point of this? Exhaustion has an equation and it's simple to figure out. It's not easy to walk out and do something about, but it is simple to figure out. It's simply intensity plus exertion. That creates exhaustion. Now, I want to show you an exhausted individual. You might be shocked to hear this person experience exhaustion. Here's the last one. Spiritual intensity plus emotional exertion. And you might have already figured out by the picture on this one. Equals an exhausted Jesus. Did you know Jesus experienced exhaustion? Spiritually intense times in the garden, emotionally exerting himself with grief. Let me read it to you. Luke chapter 22, verse 45. At last, Jesus stood up again and returned to the disciples. He'd been praying in the garden, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Jesus was exhausted. Okay, we all experience exhaustion. Okay, here's the next question that I want you to take a moment. I'm going to give you about 30 or 40 seconds. In what area, since exhaustion is an equation, I want you to take a look at your life. In what area do things feel most intense? And then here's the other half of the equation with the question. In what area are you having to exert the most energy? In what area do things feel most intense? Now, I'm going to show you the six pillars so that you can see and just plug in the blank. Are things most intense spiritually? Just take the next 30 or 40 seconds and answer these two questions. What area are you exerting the most energy? Is it relational? Is it physical? Are things financially intense? Okay, so just write out the question and just write your answer. Right there, where are you feeling the most intensity and where are you having to exert the most energy just take a moment think about that listen to the lord maybe the holy spirit speaks really quickly to you because it's really intense and just write it out now here's what you need to remember about intensity and exertion. When things are more intense, you need to be more intentional, not more emotional. You don't need to be more emotional. When everybody gets exhausted, everybody likes to get more emotional. And many of us are. But that emotion is not always a productive thing. When things get more intense, you need to get more intentional. You need to be more intent on how you respond to exhaustion. Here's one of the things I've learned. If I am feeling spiritually exhausted, one of the ways I've learned to respond is I take two of the other five pillars of my life and I strengthen up in those areas. So for instance, when I feel spiritually exhausted, I strengthen myself 
emotionally and physically. I get stronger emotionally and physically, and it helps me spiritually when I'm exhausted in that area of my life. When things are more intense, you need to be more intentional, not more emotional. Now, very quickly, I want to give you two reasons why, if you're exhausted, there are typically two big reasons why. We see this with Elijah, all right? Why we are experiencing the exhaustion at the level we are, okay? Here's the first reason you're exhausted. You're probably carrying what you can't. You're carrying what you can't carry. Zechariah chapter four, verse six. six. This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Preston, your life isn't gonna come down to your strength, your might, what you're able to pull off. It's gonna come down to my spirit at work in your life. I don't know how many times I've felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that's not your job to carry. You're carrying something you're not supposed to carry. Stop it. You need to give that to me. You're carrying something you can't. Here's what I've learned about me. Every time I try and carry something I can't, I get really, really exhausted. We basically reward people in our society for caring too much, for caring what they can't. And here's what, what we say about them. Wow, they're killing it. We look at somebody who's carrying what they really can't carry and we say, wow, they're killing it. And then we're shocked when they kill themselves. And we see this almost on a weekly basis. We, we, we label them as heroes and then they're so weighed down because they're carrying things they weren't created to carry that they bring, just like Elijah did, taking their own life into play. Okay, remember, there are some things you're not created to carry. And we're going to talk about that next week in part two. One of the big reasons why you might be exhausted is you are carrying something only God can carry. You weren't created to carry that weight in your life. So I want to ask this question. And I want you just to take about 30 seconds. And if you're exhausted, especially, I want you to answer this question. All right? Here's the question. What are you carrying that is killing you? What are you carrying that is killing you right now? I want you just to just take a moment with the Holy Spirit and ask. And listen. What is the Holy Spirit saying? Is there anything you're carrying that you weren't created to carry? Just take a moment. Here's the second reason. If you're exhausted, there's a, a big second reason why you're probably exhausted. You're not getting what you need. You're not getting what you need. Let's keep going in 1 Kings chapter 19, now in verse 5. 
Then Elijah lay down and slept under the broom tree. Remember, he just said, God, take my life. I'm done. I quit. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Isn't it amazing that the angel doesn't wake Elijah up and say, Elijah, you know what you need? You need to pray for 10 hours a day for the next 40 days. That's not what the angel says. The angel says, hey, buddy, it's good that you're sleeping, getting some rest. You're exhausted. But you know what you need now? You need some food. You haven't been eating. You're exhausted because of it. Get up and eat some food. And we're going to see next week, the angel wakes him up again and says to eat even more or the journey ahead will be too much. See, we oftentimes as followers of Jesus over-spiritualize what we need. Sometimes we just need a nap. Sometimes we just need a snack. We have many needs in life. God created us that way. David said it, God, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. You have many needs. That doesn't make you needy. It makes you human. And if you're exhausted, I guarantee you, it is in part because you are not getting what God created you to need. And so you need to step back and you need to assess where you're empty. Here's what you need to know. Exhaustion is a sign of depletion. Exhaustion is a, design, is a sign of depletion. It doesn't make me bad. It just means I'm running on empty. Now, People get confused oftentimes about whether or not uh, needs are wants or wants are needs. And let me help you distinguish between the two. Because some people, when they're exhausted, they, they like to give themselves what they want. And that's not going to do you much good. You need to make sure you get what you need. Now, what is the difference between getting what you want and getting what you need? Simple. When you get what you want, you get happier. When you get what you need, you get stronger. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take just 40, 40, 45 seconds. I want you to answer this question. What do you need more of right now? What do you need more of right now? Don't just say, I need more Jesus. Elijah needed more food. He needed more physical energy. Just take a moment right now. What do you need more of? Do you need a little more rest? Do you need a, a little more sleep at night? Do you need a little bit more of a consistent prayer time? Do you need to save a little more money because you're spending too much? It's causing stress and exhaustion from carrying that heavy weight. 21% interest every month, every year. What do you need more of right now? When I was probably four years, five years into planting this church, I hit a wall of exhaustion. And I started uh, some unhealthy habits as a result. One of the habits I started uh, was a, an overconsumption of caffeine. 
and I would start my day with four shots of espresso. I would have a large tea before lunch. I'd have a, a big Coke sometime after lunch and maybe another couple shots of espresso before the end of the workday. I, I mean, I, I was hiding my exhaustion with caffeine. And I, I want you to remember this. It's easy to hide exhaustion, but it is costly to deal with burnout. And I, I hit a wall. We were going on family vacation, and I scheduled a work trip uh, to Dallas. I had meetings, an elders meeting, and then preached that night at the young adult service there. And the problem with this was my family started family vacation two days before. And I had the idea, hey, you guys get started, and I'll take one of the boys with me. I'll do what I need to do, and then we'll hook up, and we'll meet wherever you guys are at that time. We were taking a family road trip to a bunch of national parks. And I thought this was a great idea. So I flew to Dallas, did what I needed to do, got my son. We flew out to the middle of nowhere to hook up with my family. And the first morning of my vacation, the Holy Spirit wrecked me. It said, do you realize what you've done? You're so exhausted that you chose to send your family on vacation without you. Thinking you could show up two and a half days late and it would be okay. Preston, you are burned out and you are making bad decisions and it's got to change now. Here's what I know. I know some of you are burned out right now. And you need to hear the voice of God more than you ever have before in your life, but you're finding it harder than ever. And you didn't know why until now. You're just exhausted. And before we talk about the next two parts of this sermon, we have to deal with this. The prophet Elijah, the man of God, was so exhausted, he went from the high of Mount Carmel to the low of wanting his life to end beneath the solitary broom tree simply because he was exhausted. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want you to take a moment alone with the Holy Spirit, wherever you're watching, and I want you to answer these two questions. Right there in the presence of the Spirit of God, here's the first question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What is the Holy Spirit saying to me about exhaustion? listen have the guts to ask the spirit of God that question it may save your life the second question I want you to answer is what must I do in response we're going to start asking this question every week after every message what must I do in response what is the Holy Spirit saying to me What must I do in response to it? Maybe you need to make some wholesale changes in your life. That starts with listening to the Spirit of God. 
Holy Spirit saying right now to you? What do you need to do as a result or in response? Holy Spirit, speak to every person right now. Every one of us. Would you show us where we're exhausted, where we're exerting too much energy, where we're carrying things we weren't created to carry, where we're not getting what you created us to need. Holy Spirit, would you show us? We want to be able to hear your voice more clearly every day of our lives. And if exhaustion gets in the way, God, we don't want to ever be exhausted. Keep us from getting to that place. But when we get there, help us to get out of it quickly by showing us what to do. God of the universe, would you show every one of us, especially those of us who are exhausted or even burned out, what needs to be done? What needs to change in our lives so that this is no longer a problem? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I want to ask one more question. And it's a question we ask around here a lot. Do you know Jesus personally? Do you know Jesus personally? And if you'd say, no, no, Preston, I, I don't know Jesus personally, but I want to. Maybe you're exhausted because you've been carrying everything by yourself. I've got great news for you. If you don't know Jesus, the number one reason you're exhausted is because you don't. You're carrying things he wants to carry for you. Maybe you're carrying your marriage and you can't. Only God can carry the weight of your marriage. You can walk it out, but only he can carry the weight of it. If you don't know Jesus and you'd say, I want to meet Jesus right now for the first time, I want you to do something. It may sound weird right where you are, whether you're alone or watching with other people. I want you just to raise your hand before God. I want to know Jesus personally. Preston, I want to know Jesus personally today. Just put your hand up wherever you are. Anybody else? Okay. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You don't need to be looking at the screen, but if you just raised your hand, I want you to pray this simple prayer after me. All right, so just repeat it out loud after me. Dear Jesus, I'm done doing things my way. I want to know you personally. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you came to the earth to die on the cross. To die for my sin. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And today, I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm so proud of you if you prayed that prayer. Such a big deal. And I want to ask you to do something. If you just prayed that prayer with me, I want you to text the name Jesus to the number 24587. All right? Text Jesus to the number 24587. You'll get a response from us. We just want to help you out. If you don't have a Bible, we'll send you one. We want to help you on your journey as a follower of Jesus Christ. All right? So reach out to us. We want to celebrate. If you're watching on YouTube or church online, tell us. We want to know. We want to celebrate with you. and We want to walk alongside of you. All right? 
Okay. Thanks for joining us today. I love every one of you. I can't wait to see you again. And for those of you who are wondering, when are we going to meet again? We are, as we speak, we are preparing for a return in the month of June to begin celebrating together as the family of God in the house of God. So be praying this week for our staff as we prepare uh, as quickly as possible to get back to meeting together, but as safely as possible in accordance to the recommendations of the CDC. A lot of new things in this new normal. Please be praying for us. We'll take all of the prayers we can get, all right? I love you. Have an incredible week this week. And if you're exhausted, make a change this week because next week we're gonna talk about dialing in to hear the voice of God. I love you. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.